At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. I want to define, again, what I've defined for you in the last two services, the word grace and the word mercy. And in the Greek, and like I said, there's, like I told you before, there's many definitions of the word grace. God's unmerited favor, God's divine influence and power working in our lives. But I'm focusing right now in this, not really a series I'm doing yet, just a couple of different messages. This is third. And on Father's Day, we're going to talk about the Father of all mercies. Not the Father of mercy, but the Father of mercies. But the word grace is defined as pardoned, which is God's attitude toward you and toward I, toward all of us, toward all of humanity. God sees you and I pardoned. And the word mercy, a different word, it's similar but it's different, means to be pardoned from misery. And I want to say it like this that I've not said before. What do, what are we pardoned from? We're, 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 we are pardoned from being guilty of sin. But the mercy of God is being pardoned from the effects of sin. There's sin, and then there's the effects of sin, but we've been pardoned from all of it. All of it. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. He passed through the heavens and did what? Sat down. Amen? He passed through the heavens and he sat down and he said, It's finished. It's all finished says, Jesus, the Son of God, he said, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. Why? Because of what he went through. He was tempted and tested at all points, yet without sin, able to come to our aid when we needed it. Can you say amen to that? Let us therefore boldly, come boldly to the throne of grace, because he did this, that we may obtain mercy, the pardon from misery, and find grace, the pardoning from sin. In other words, you're not guilty now. No matter what you've done ever, you're not guilty based on what He did, what He accomplished. That's why Jesus felt everything any human being has ever felt or ever will feel, he went through anything that you and I would ever come up against and able to come to our aid. So, all the things in life that try to create misery, we've been pardoned from because of what he did, so we don't have to live a miserable life. You know that 
lots of people are living miserable lives, and really, the misery they're living in is really not that bad. But the devil's convinced them of it, and what happens in, is the enemy, when you're listening to the voice of the enemy, he blows it totally out of proportion. Like things are a whole lot worse than they really are. Go to some of the countries that I've been to. And then when you come back here, you get off the plane and you kiss the dirty floor in the airport. Thanking God for this great nation. Some of the things that you see and where you, where, where you see people live and what they live in and the misery that they live in. I mean... It's helped me to travel to other countries because I'm reminded all the time. You know, the people that I pray for in these other countries, I'm reminded all the time. I, I don't have, I, I never need to complain another day in my life. I have it so good, why would I ever complain about anything? But when your focus is on the mercy and the grace of God, when, when that's what you're seeing, you've been pardoned, you don't have to live a miserable life, it empowers you, to see the good in life and not the ugly. But everything has to do, everything in life has to do with your mindset. It's how you view life. I want to view life how he views life. I want to see myself the way he sees me. And man, when you do that, I'm pardoned, and I'm pardoned from misery, so I don't have to live in any of it. Yet, you can be born again, spirit-filled, know the Word of God, and choose to live a miserable life. He won't stop the misery for you. He's already stopped it, but He won't stop it in your life if that's what you choose. That's why He said, let us hold fast our confession of faith. Acknowledging how great he is, what he did, what he's accomplished, where he sits, and what he's done for you and I. Everybody say, I'm pardoned. Amen. We're not guilty. We've been liberated and free, and that mercy and grace is there to work on our behalf in a supernatural way. 2 Corinthians 4.1 Therefore, since we have this ministry... And you go to the third chapter of 2 Corinthians, that ministry is the ministry of freedom. Since we have this ministry, as we've received mercy, we do not lose heart. You can talk about being free all day long, but if mercy isn't working on your behalf, no. Why? Because you feel guilty. And then you live in misery feeling guilty, and the enemy has you trapped. We're going to, in a moment, look at Job's life. How many have read about Job? Uh, how many have heard about Job? <laughs> or Job, one of them too. <clears throat> We're going to look at <clears throat> the misery in Job's life that was self-inflicted. Most people read Job from a wrong perspective. <clears throat> what came on Job was the things that he feared. 
When a person's in fear, there's no mercy involved. When you're in fear and you're allowing fear to rule in your life, there's no mercy. That's why we need mercy interjected to liberate the fear, the torment, the things that the enemy brings to us. That's what happened to Job. But I'm telling you what, Job's actually one of the best stories in the Bible. Some ugly things happened to him. Anybody had some not-so-good things happen in your life before? But that wasn't the end of Job's life. Hmm? That was actually the things that weren't good in Job's life within a very short period of time, about nine months. And Job came to the realization who, who God really was. And he came to the realization of the grace and the mercy of God. In a different perspective, because he was on that side of the cross, than how we see mercy and grace on this side. But we're going to still look at it here in just a minute. <clears throat> I talked to you, gave you the definition of the word judge on Sunday. In other words, if you, if you weren't here, this won't make total sense, but you go back and listen to it, it'll all fit. But to judge is to punish or to condemn. In 1 Corinthians 11, it says this, 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 31, for if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged, but when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world. The reason I read that verse right there is because the condemnation that people in the world are living under is because there's no mercy available to them because of the lack of understanding of how God's mercy and grace works. The mercy and grace of God are new and they're fresh every morning. But you have to learn how to take it, receive it, and apply it to your life. The mercy and grace will just sit there. Even though it's there, it'll sit there and do nothing for you if you don't tap it. Tap into it and embrace it and receive it and allow it to work on in your life. James 2 and verse 12 says this. So speak and so do as those who will be judged by what, what law? The law of liberty. That's the ministry that we have by the mercy of God is the law of liberty and freedom. So we're to speak on a day-to-day -day basis. We're to do in our lives in line and judge our lives in line with the law of liberty. That's what Jesus paid for. There's the law of the spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus, and then there's the law of sin and death. And many, many Christian people live under the law of sin and death because they've never embraced the mercy of God. Never embraced what the mercy has done for them. Watch this. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. But mercy triumphs over judgment. We looked at that passage right there, those two passages, with another passage I'm not going to look at tonight. We looked at it in a little bit different way in, in, on, on Sunday about how we judge other people, how, we, how there's not 
you know, a lot of times we get focused on the mistakes of other people and what people have done, and then there's no mercy flowing from us. But the reason mercy isn't flowing from us is because mercy isn't flowing to us. And I want to show you something um, about the life of Job. And I want, I, want you to, I want you to look at something here. I'm going to go back to this passage I just read in James 2. Actually, I'm going to read it again. And then look at Job <clears throat> chapter 1. James 2, 12. So speak and so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty, for judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Right? I mean, you can't tell somebody how good banana pudding is if you don't eat it. Right? And you're not going to go tell somebody how good it is if you hadn't experienced it. Well, there's no mercy flowing through you when someone does something and they, they, they've done something ugly to you. All we knew, all, all humanity or, or just the nature of mankind knows is to retaliate, right? No mercy. So he says, he says, for judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy, but mercy triumphs over judgment. So, you see how God always has us covered? Anybody in here ever judged someone else? Judged a situation? Passed judgment on somebody because you're mad at them, angry, frustrated, or whatever? You know what the good news is? Is that mercy triumphs over that. So, what I got to get is some mercy. <laughs> And you begin to fill yourself up with the mercy of God, I'm talking about in the form of revelation, then it triumphs over the judgment that you have over other people. Because your natural mind, the devil works overtime to help you in your natural mind to be convinced you deserve to be able to judge those people. Well, that sounds great, Pastor, but you don't know my situation. No, but he does. And this is his stuff, not mine. I'm delivering you what he says. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Always. Every single time. So I need to know and understand the mercy of God. How do I get there? Romans 12, 1, and then we'll look at Job. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. It's what we're supposed to do. That's the way God made us. God made you by the mercies of God to present your body and everything about yourself, to present that acceptable to God so that mercy comes to you and flows through you. And how, how is that accomplished? By not being conformed to this world but transformed by the renewing of your mind that your life will prove what is good, acceptable, and perfect, what the perfect will of God is. So my life can be used as an example to what mercy looks like through someone if I've embraced mercy, if I'm receiving mercy. So in other words, if I'm forgiving myself, I'll forgive others. 
It's not just about, and I want you to see this in, in, the, in the example that I'm going to show you with you, but share with you about Job. What I want you to see is we have a responsibility to forgive ourselves, receive God's love for ourselves, so that we can demonstrate love. You don't love yourself, you're not going to love anybody else. You don't forgive yourself, you're not going to forgive other people. Because you're going to hold people accountable for the things that you don't feel forgiven from. You're going you're to have an unlovely attitude toward people that you, where you don't feel loved. And I'm telling you, there's only one love that will fill all that, and that's the agape love. There's only one grace, one mercy that will take care of all these things that we're talking about tonight. And we have been in the last couple of services, and that's the mercy and the grace of God. So you have to renew your mind daily to this. <clears throat> I shared this last, I think on Sunday, that the mercy of God helps us to get our priorities right so then we can receive from God. <clears throat> if we don't allow the mercy of God to show us and reveal to us that we've been pardoned, from the effects of the mistakes that we make. If we don't let God show us that and that the mercy is available and it's ready for us to work on our behalf, then we don't get things in line. We don't get priorities in line. And we shared some about that on Sunday. But I want you to look at, and the rest of what I'm going to talk about tonight, I want you to see something here that <clears throat> I believe to me, uncovers the lies that the enemy brings to convince us that we are guilty, we're disqualified in life because of mistakes and things that we've gone through. I believe it uncovers it in something that I've seen here in Job. Um, I actually am going to read one verse out of Job. <clears throat> and it's the seventh verse of the first chapter. So, the book of Job is the oldest book in the Bible. Job was a very, 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 very wealthy man. Very wealthy. He had ten kids. He had hundreds and even thousands of employees. He had all kinds of livestock. He was a very, very wealthy man. And we can see from Scripture, and I'm not going to necessarily look at that part of it today, but we can see in Scripture that the devil hated Job because he was wealthy. He didn't like Job because he was wealthy. And the Bible says that Job feared God and he did what was right. And in a nine-month period of time, he lost everything. His children, his family, not his wife, but his children and family. He lost it all. And there's a verse of Scripture that people use a lot of times at funerals that Job made out of his mouth and then repented for that statement. And the statement was this. The Lord gives, 
and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job had, we're, you know, Bible scholars are confident that Job had no idea there was a devil. He didn't understand it. So he blamed God for everything that happened to him and that the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Yet, all through Scripture, we don't find where God ever took anything away from anybody. God's the giver of life. God came to this earth, brought Jesus Christ to the earth to give us liberty and freedom. That's the ministry we were talking about here that comes from the mercy of, grace, from the mercy of God. But Job, Job, his wife tried to get him to curse God. He wouldn't curse God. He, he, he was devastated by the loss like anybody would be but he never cursed God. And the statement that he made, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away, like that's what God had done, was a statement made out of ignorance. He had three really close friends, and they came to encourage him, and by the time they were through, they were tearing him down and taking him down, trying to convince him to curse God and turn his back on God, and he wouldn't do it. And at the end of Job's, at the end of this whole situation, because God, because Job never cursed God, what happened was he found out about the grace and the mercy of God, and the rest of his life he lived in double of what he had had before, and he was the wealthiest man on the planet. And he had double come to him as a result of believing in God and believing in the mercy of God. But I want, you to, I want you to see what happened here. And I want to read this verse 7. And you see the same exact words that I'm going to read right here. You see it in verse 2, I mean in chapter 2 also. And the Lord said to Satan, verse 7, From where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. And in the second chapter, the Lord asked him the same question and he said the exact same thing. Now there's a passage of Scripture in the New Testament talking about the same guy found in 1 Peter 5 and starting with verse 8. And Peter says this, Be sober and be vigilant, because your adversary, who? The devil, who is Satan, who God was talking to in Job 1. He walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, but may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you've suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, 
and settle you. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. And everybody said, Amen. So, God asked Satan, the devil, the enemy, where, where are you coming from? Well, I'm going to and fro throughout the earth. Well, we see in 1 Peter 5, he goes to and fro throughout the earth looking for somebody. Listen to me. Looking for somebody that's not been pardoned and that's not been pardoned from misery. Because when you believe you're guilty, you're struggling in your faith. This is, I mean, we've all struggled in our faith at different times. And we all struggle in our faith at different times in different situations where we're walking in new areas of developing our trust and faith in God. So he's looking, he's going to and fro throughout the earth like he did with Job, looking for somebody who's not been pardoned and living a miserable life. That's who he picks on. He's a bully. He waits till you're beat up and down. And notice what Peter said here. He said, for after you've suffered a little while, Job suffered a lot, but for just a little while. Did you hear what I said? It was just for a little while. Why? Because he realized that his statement that about it was God who took it away and who did this to him, he got delivered of that, he repented for that, and the double came on his life. Like I told you at the beginning, God doesn't want a thing to stay the same in your life. How many of you stood up here last Wednesday night and I laid hands on you? Lift your hands if, if I prayed for you and I laid hands on you. A few of you are here. I'm believing that nothing is remaining the same in your life as you're moving forward because of your understanding that you've been pardoned, that you're not guilty, that any type of misery that tries to set in, that creates suffering in your life, that causes us, we don't, we, see, Jesus suffered so we didn't have to suffer, Right? But the suffering in life comes from the mental anguish that we find ourselves in because of listening to the lies of the enemy. That's where our mind needs to be renewed, as we talked about a minute ago. Our mind has to be renewed and transformed so that we can understand the mercy of God in the mercies of God are the is the mercy of God in everything we face. You get attacked in your physical body, and you're being tormented in your mind. You think that there's no way to ever be healed and overcome that situation. You've been pardoned from that, that misery. And the mercy that is there, there's mercy in healing. And when we embrace that and we begin to change what we say and what we do, right, then what we say and what we do begins to line up with what the will of God is. Then my life begins to prove what the will of God is. So Randy comes to me and he said, uh, I heard you 
had that ailment in your body, but, I, but you, you mentioned that you were healed. Well, how, how did that happen? Well, here, let me tell you about it. Let me tell you about the mercy of God because I'm not healed because I'm so good. I'm healed because of what Jesus did. <laughs> huh? And now there's mercy, see, working through me because I embrace the mercy of God. Father, I've been attacked in my body. Lord, I know that your word says that by the stripes of Jesus, I was healed, so I am healed. I don't understand it. I'm hurting. I'm this. Whatever is going on in my body at the time. But I choose to believe what you said. And I choose to embrace and receive the mercy that is mine. There's mercy and healing. You find yourself strapped financially with bills and things and situations that there's like no way out. There's the mercy of God. Huh? I'm telling you, when you're strapped... What what you're also strapped to is misery. When you're under the gun, you owe everybody and their dog. There's misery involved in that. But wait a minute. I've been pardoned from misery. See, you don't deserve. See, if if you've made 101 different bad mistakes that have gotten you in the debt that you're in, in the natural, you don't deserve to be free from debt. Huh? Come on. Are you, are you hearing me? You don't deserve to be free from debt. But God. See, but the mercy of God. But yet, the mercy of God is there to make sure you don't fall off the planet, you know, and that you don't take your own life like many people do when they're in financial straits because of the fear of people and all that. If you stay with God, the mercy is there to protect you even in that time so that you can get some things in line whoo, and then receive the riches that come with the mercy, right, that deliver you from all of it, but you got to get those things in line. Like I just said to you before, you don't get the things in line in your life, then you keep making the same stupid mistakes, But when you listen to God and the voice of God and what God is trying to get over to you, the mercy is there. It's new and fresh every day. Man, I've I've, I've been in those times when, when that verse of Scripture is what I had. I wake up in the morning thinking I don't want to get up. I felt that way at times, things that I've gone through. But the mercy of God is fresh today. It's new. Hmm? Mm, I smell it coming out of the oven right now. Coming out of the oven. Man, I'm telling you, I, I, I've, I've, there were times in my life in the past when I could smell the mercy of God just like a loaf of bread. That's why I mentioned it like that. It's like I could smell it. It's fresh. And it was already baking and ready for me when I woke up. It was ready before I woke up. But it was there for me when my eyes opened. I'm here for you. Come on, son, just stay with it. I'm bigger than that situation right there. You screwed it up. You got yourself, you made the choices, you got yourself in that mess. You don't deserve it. And the enemy's going to tell you you don't deserve it, but I'm telling you, you deserve it because you're my, you're my boy. You deserve to be free from this because you're my boy, but you got to stay with me because we got to get that thinking straight first. So there's that. Ugly guy that messed with Job, 
out here messing with us, going around to and fro, looking for somebody who's not been pardoned in their thinking, who's not been pardoned from the misery, choosing to live in the misery, live in the self-pity, live in all the mess that's there, instead of be free. What was the ministry that we were called to? The ministry of freedom. Say it, I'm free. Come on, say it a few times. I am, woo, I'm free. I am free. It doesn't matter. I don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. Don't look around and say, well, you know, they can't say that because they did that. No, I don't care what they did. You know how many free people there are on death row today? I didn't, that, listen, that, that doesn't take away from what they did. They murdered people or they did something. But there is some people that are free like no freedom that there is that are on death row today because of mistakes they made. But somebody on the inside got the word to them and began to renew their mind and they begin to realize, I'm forgiven. See, there's no way in the natural. You say, you, someone might say, well, yeah, Pastor, that wasn't your relative. No, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not condoning anything with anybody. I'm saying, God says there's nothing that any human being has ever done that is not already, it's not already covered by the pardoning. No matter what it is. See, and you've got to get that in your thinking. I'm not talking about being insensitive to things that have happened to people. And if people in the natural did that, even though they're forgiven by God, they may go to the, the gas chamber or whatever the chambers that they use today, and they may be taken out as a result or be in prison for the rest of their life. But you get to heaven, you'll see them. Because they were forgiven. They were pardoned. And when you get that pardoning on the inside of you, You don't have to live another day of misery for the rest of your life. That's the way God wants you entering into glory. When, you fin when you're finished here and you step over to the other side, he wants you stepping over from a misery-free life. Never, never under torment. Never beat up. No more giving in to the lies of the enemy, the one that's to and fro throughout the earth, Looking for me to see if I'm going to give in to this thing, pay attention to this, believe the lie that I'm really not pardoned. I made too many mistakes in the past, so how could I be used by God? How could something work for me? How could I be blessed? How could I be healed? How could I prosper? How could there be a new life for me because of what the things that have happened, because of what I've done? And that's who he's looking for. And if you pay attention to him, he's got you. And God will not step in and say, you can't mess with my boy. He won't do that. But he will step in and say to me, I'm here for you and I'm greater. Did you hear what I said? See, the devil still has the ability to lie and convince us that he has power and he has none. And that won't stop until the day that he's thrown in the pit and the lid's put down and he said, it's done. 
I've heard people preach and say this, that when we see him, we're going to go, and that's what we were afraid of? That pathetic little thing? I'm telling you, he's got no punch, but he's got a large bark. No bite, but a big growl. And I'm telling you today, because of the mercy and grace of God, we don't have to give in to any of that mess. Can you say we're forgiven? Wow, we're forgiven. <laughs> Glory to God. <clears throat> I, as, I was, as I was studying the book of Job again, I was just going back over it and looking in the last five chapters where Job finally repented and then where you see in, in the second to the last chapter where he received the double. As I was just reading it, that's the glimpse that I got from his life, that he realized how much God loved him. He realized how much God had forgiven him. I mean, when, you know, when he heard the reports of all of his servants and all of his all of his livestock and everything that he had had been burned, stolen, or whatever. And then he heard the report about his kids being taken out, his children, all ten children died. When he heard all of those reports, it said he rent his clothes. But when he realized he accused God of something that wasn't true, he went to the floor in his face. And God forgave him, and he realized that God had forgiven him, and he was then never the same again. And, and what came to him, because his heart was already good and it was right, what came to him was double of everything he'd ever had. What does the double mean? When something is the double, what does it mean? There's, I, I can't think of anything that has to do with double that's negative, right? I can't think of a thing that has to do with double that's a negative thing. The double has to do with increase, moving forward, and, and things not staying the same. He could have wallered in all of that mess. He could have been in self-pity and stayed there, and nothing would have changed. But he went from the wealthiest man in the East to having nothing and feeling like he wanted to die, he began to say, why was I even born? Why, in other words, why, was I even, why, wasn't, why wasn't my mother's womb shut up? Why should I have lived here to see all of this destruction and things happen? But when he realized who it was and what was really behind it, and he began to give glory to God, then what happened Again, his life changed. It was never the same. What did I tell you in the beginning? What did I tell you this last Sunday? Nothing in your life is supposed to stay the same. Everything in your life needs to move into the world of the double. God's no respecter of person. If he doubled Job, will he double Burt Wimberley? Huh? Will he double Dale Lamont and Brian and Sandra and Eric? And I mean, will he, will he double everybody in here? Yeah. 
he'll double. And and it's not just about the multiplication of doubling, like, you know, if if, if you're worth a a half a million dollars and then that's going to double or something like it. It's not that. It's living in a lifestyle of doubling, advancing, things not staying the same, increasing because of the mercy and the grace of God. Because now you realize in a new way, in a fresh way, as your mind is being renewed, that God has done everything for me. I'm His favorite. He's done it for me. And everything that heaven has is at my disposal. He's given it to me. So he said in that James passage of Scripture, so whatever you say and whatever you do, let it be in line with the law of liberty, the ministry of liberty, the freedom that God created for us to to live and operate in. That's what needs to be coming out of your mouth. That's why you need a daily routine. That's why you've got to establish yourself in the Word of God, and it has to be something that you become established in so that your ways change, your habits change, your ideas about God change, your view of yourself changes. You start seeing yourself the way God sees you. So, tonight I want to, I want to end with this picture of what I feel like, how I feel like God sees me, okay? And <clears throat> I, I, I'm not saying that doubts don't come to my head about the things I'm fixing to say to you. I'm not saying that doubts don't come. Doubts come to everybody. But you gotta, you gotta, you got to be willing to receive what I'm fixing to say. How many know tonight that God is no respecter of person? So what I'm fixing to say to you, if you don't see yourself this way, that God sees you this way, you got to get it. God sees me as the first and the best of everything. I'm the best. Well, Pastor, what? It? No, no, no. I'm talking about what, how God sees me. I'm the best looking guy he's ever created. I'm the most talented person he's ever made. I'm the wealthiest thing that's ever lived on planet Earth, surpassing Solomon. (laughs) Can't do that because then you'd surpass Scripture. But real close. I mean, I, I, I am the wealthiest thing that's ever walked on the planet. Smartest guy you'll ever meet. See, because... I've got the one inside of me that knows everything about everything. And he helps me do everything because I trust him for everything. So, I I, I am the most 
loved man on planet earth because God loves me. I'm talking to you only about how God sees me. There's nobody better on planet earth than me. <laughs> this goes out over the thing, you know, somebody, somebody listened to it right at the end and, God, what's that guy saying about himself? But that's how, I could go on and on and on, but that's how God sees me. And over 44 years of developing a relationship with him, for more than 44 years, I've developed that in my thinking to where I really see myself like that, that that's the way he sees me. Without him, I'm none of that. But with him... I'm everything he says. I'm his absolute favorite. You, you can come close, but I'm him. But that needs to be your attitude. You're his favorite. And when we see ourselves that way, nothing can stop us. I'm telling you today, nothing is going to stay the same in your life. The double will happen in your life where you're advancing and doubling in revelation, in understanding, in, in peace, in joy, in fulfillment, in right relationships. You're going to double, double, double in finances, in health and healing. You're going to double, 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 double if you come into the understanding of the mercy and grace of God like Job did. He realized what God had done for him. He realized God was not the problem. He realized all the nature of God in that short period of time. And it caused the rest of his life to live in a double mentality, an advancing mentality. And that's the way God wants you to live. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's Word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.